0: Out of Philadelphia, I'm Quincy Stalworth with Quince Questions. Today we talk with Heather Blackwell. She is a CBT certified mental health coach and a psychology subject matter expert, also known as SME. We talk about the mental issues many of us have been coming across during this post-pandemic, still in the pandemic, quasi-pandemic world uh, I just want you to know that we are not picking uh, a side whether you're anti-vax or 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 pro-vax. We are just talking about the mental health issues that people are dealing with, how it manifests. Sometimes people are finding themselves being hyper vigilant about anything, uh, Coke or Pepsi, you know, So this is what this episode is about. Uh, Heather is a, a wonderful person to talk to. I actually text this woman. Multiple times a week, just talking to her about anything in the news or anything relevant. She uh, she introduced me to the Myers Briggs uh, um, uh, personality test, which you know it, it, you know some people uh, d- debate it, and and I but I like it. I like what she what Heather Blackwell introduces into my life. So I stay in contact with her. I um, I hope you uh, follow her podcast too. It's called uh, uh, First Thousand Dates. And I I, I think she's just a wonderful person to learn and talk to. So stay tuned for my great interview with Heather Blackwell. But first, uh, Blackwell, I'm sorry, Blackwell. But first, some messages from our sponsors. everyone this is Quincy Stowarth I'm here with the amazing podcast genius she's a certified mental health coach training Heather Blackwell how you doing Heather
1: I'm good thank you so much for having me on your podcast Quincy
0: oh thank you so much for being on first of all uh I love your podcast thousand first dates I hate to come off like uh like I catch every episode but I catch a (laughs) lot of episodes and what I catch I, I you know I learn so much about the mental health situation in america i b- because of you i believe that everyone in america needs to have therapy that's just yes that's everybody just, I, I think that there's there's just too much of everything that should not have happened we need to yes. process properly and work through yes. There, there, yes there isn't an american in this country now who d- doesn't need a, to learn a proper way to heal and to develop in their uh, in their way of thinking, daily in this, in this country, especially in this uh, you know um, fast you know lightning speed news and information culture.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: So when I first met you on Facebook, you were talking uh, in a, in a group we were in, and you said you're looking to offer healing and healthy direction to those who were wounded and broken hearted, and that really yes. reached out to me. And I was like, I know a lot of these people. You know, I've listened yes. to several of your podcast uh, episodes, which are geared more towards the mental health awareness even though it is titled first thousand dates so that makes me wonder you know why not? thousand first dates. Th- thousand first thousand I'm yeah sorry, if they, to, if they, they try to
1: find it if they try I'm to sorry. find it on on, so on, on the podcast they're not thousand first thousand dates. first <laughs> dates. I'm, I'm
0: getting confused with the uh, adam sandler movie first 50, <laughs> 50 Dates." i am oh, so sorry that's right. that's yeah. right. This yeah. a
1: good movie though we should
0: shoot we should sue him because you know he, <laughs> He stole he's still, he's still your name. Your title. Or if
1: you can get me a date with him, that would be okay. <laughs> that, that, that would be okay. That would
0: be okay. Uh, you know, if, if, if I get that going, you know, you, you're going to right. owe me some favors. That's right, that's right. <laughs> you're like, I'm right. marrying Adam Sandler thanks to Quincy <laughs> Stoller.
1: <laughs> and you would have changed my core belief as you, well. You so. would have changed
0: everything when your bank account goes up.
1: Well that's true too. Good point. Good point there. So yeah. why did you title
0: uh this show? I don't like to call it a show, because I don't like to call it a podcast, because there's so much more happening.
1: That's a good point. In that's your, a good
0: point in your show. There's so much um there's so much positivity. You don't you you open wounds in these episodes and you then show us how to properly, you know, patch them up and 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 you give us tools and directional where we should go. To deal with these these mental wounds and these spiritual wounds and these even physical wounds, so yes, you know why just call it thousand first dates because this is this is, I would call this I would call your podcast life coach and I would I would I mean I'm I'm with it I'm with it I, I love it, it it's 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 so there were things there were things you were talking about that that just like brings to mind I was raised wrong. And I, I need to change the way I think. For example, you talk about you know aggressive male behavior. One of your one of your episodes, and uh, about a date you went on, and you said mm. I just thought that you know toxic masculine masculinity uh, was was it was it was the norm, and it isn't yeah. the norm, right? And and these are things that you know that I as a man have to be conscious of because there are a lot of things that I you know I, I can bully someone. You know, very hardly, and I, I, I very tough, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a very big and strong guy. And one of the mo- most common complaints about me is Quincy, your hands are too heavy. You know, sometimes I'll put my hand on somebody's shoulder, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> you, you killed me, guy!" You know, what That's are you doing? Awesome. And 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 and, and so it also causes. And, I, and same thing with my words. Sometimes I say things to people in in out of frustration, and, and the person will say to me the next day, "I didn't sleep all night because of what you said." And this is not even family members. So I can imagine what, how hard and, you know, uh, emotionally things that I must say to people that hurt them in my family. So I'm very cautious of that. And you bring that to my mind, and it, because I, I was kind of like, oh, you know, those people are sen- are too sensitive, or oh, they're just weak. And- well,
1: there's one thing. There's one thing about being assertive. It sounds to me, and knowing—I mean, I haven't known you that long, but knowing what I know about you and the energy that I get from you, it seems to me like you're an assertive person. There's a difference between being assertive and aggressive, mm. and aggressive. See, and people get the two words confused because when I talk about being assertive, they'll say, oh, why do you want to be assertive? I'm like, no, I, no, I'm not talking about aggression. Aggression is when you need to name call someone, mm-hmm. when you need to condescend, when you need to try to belittle them and break them down or physically abuse them, hit them. You know, uh, that's, that's the kind of abuse I'm talking about. It seems to me like you're an assertive person. You mean what you say. You say what you mean. And if people can't handle that, then they need to deal with their feelings so, you know, there's a difference between, oh, your your truth has hurt my feelings versus you just punched me in the face, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right about that. But that, then again, that brings me to why I call it thousand first dates? Because you, what you I'm not dating. I've been married for 17 years. I'm not dating at all ever again. That's it. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm dead if I, if I go on another date. <laughs>
1: you're lucky. And you're lucky. You are lucky. You're one of the lucky few. Um, but uh, I was trying to think up a catchy name, something that would catch people's attention. and uh, and I thought, well, you know I, I, as a, I, one of the reasons why I stopped mental counseling, which there were a lot of reasons, but uh, one of the reasons <clears throat> was that most people don't want to pay good money to mm. dig in dig into the dark corners of their 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 mind. And so I thought, well, if I want people to even give me a chance, I need to get away from the whole mental counseling thing. And, you know, and I need to focus on something that's fun, something that people can relate to. And people like to talk about dating and, and people like to go to movies and see rom-coms. And and although my content is nothing like a rom-com, um, but I thought, well, you know, what, what, what do I have? Yes, I have my 15 plus years of mental health counseling experience. And I have this other hobby of dating men to use them as an experiment. And I know it sounds really terrible, but what the experimentation I needed was to practice being assertive. I need, I needed to um, observe a variety of humans in their, their particular environment with their particular challenges. And their and, and a lot, there's a lot of the majority of humanity is codependent. So there's a lot of different ways that codependency manifests, and I wanted to be able to observe those, all of those ways, and to practice having calm, cool, collected conversations you know, with these people. So, because the one thing that I lacked was the ability to communicate my thoughts, feelings, and needs, or to communicate assertiveness, because I grew up in an abusive childhood environment where I wasn't allowed to have a voice. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to state my needs. And and I, I needed to be able to practice doing that so that I could be assertive in any situation, and the dating realm was just another pe- good, really great petri dish for me to do that. Mm. So it was more experimentation on myself than anything.
0: So I've come to the conclusion that you're a marketing genius because you're right. I would have never turned to your podcast if it was if it said uh, uh, Heather Blackwell, you know, CBT dash. Certified mental health coach. I'd have been like, next one. But I boring Yeah, but I saw a thousand first dates memoirs of a serial dater, and then you little dirty little secrets and and the (laughs) the affirming wisdom from the perceptive of a mental health coach. And so then I listened to it, and it was about dating, but then it was more. It was it was it got deeper. It was like dating was the delicious crispy crust.
2: Oh and nice! So then, so then
0: well, I've been watching this really great video. Um, you should you need to watch this. I need to send you this stuff called Men with Pots, and these guys go in the woods yes. and cook. Oh my god, it's so great! So it, you know, it's like a pot pie. You you give me this pot pie called First Thousand Dates, and it, it's this delicious crispy crust. It's gluten free too, so I can enjoy it. So then I cut into it, and it's it, it's this. This, this delicious gravy coming out with turkey and peas and, and carrots. And I'm like, whoa, what's all this? It's so delicious, I need to get more. So that's why I started listening to more and more of the episodes. And I, I share it on on uh, Instagram that I'm listening, but sometimes I listen and I don't share and it's because you pricked my heart in a way where I'm like, wow, she's right. I need to be conscious of this sort of behavior from not only myself but people that I deal with and people that I interact with because I interact with a lot of artists and you're doing a lot of manipulative management people and you know people say they're one thing and they're totally not
1: right right and we all have weaknesses you know I have a lot of weaknesses I mean clearly I cuss a lot in my in my uh in my on my show I'm gonna start calling a show on my show and you know and there are times when I feel guilty I'm like because there's a side of me, you know. There are so many layers to but my you're personality. Mar-
0: you're a marine, so it's yeah, okay. yeah.
1: See, that's, it's- that's the thing is, some people, some people won't get it. Some <laughs> people won't. Some people, you know, it's like, it's like I'm an INFJ. Like my child ego state is an INFJ. I Yo, was born what's an INFJ. INFJ. So, introverted, intuitive, feeling, judging. Oh. INFJs are are idealists. We are considered humanitarian advocates and mm. healers. And as a child. You know, I was a mediator and I if and I could sense the the energy in the room and if other children were sad, you know, then I would be the one to go up and try to help them be happy. But the abuse, the childhood abuse eventually changed me. And so then I became hardened. And then the military changed me further. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, and then, so there were all of these abusive experiences. You know, that that, uh, that that altered my mind and broke me down. Mm-hmm. And then there was there was a time where I was like, Well, do I wanna be a serial killer or or do I wanna be a humanitarian?
0: <laughs> I vote serial killer, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I can and send you list the list of
0: people you should take out. Yeah,
1: understand. yeah. Seriously, there was a time when I realized there was a level of sociopathy developing in me to where I was just feeling numb because, right. you know, just hardened just and, and, that, and I was like, wait a minute, we're, but you know, and it's funny because when I felt that way, it felt good. And I thought there's no other way that I want to feel than this. But then those times when my, my humanity would come back out, you know, the caring part of me would come back out, I would think, well, but this feels really good too. Why would I ever say that I wanted to feel the you know the other way? Why would mm. I want to say that I wanted to feel numb or, or emotionally dead or apathetic? And so I was like, you know what? I, I want to be a good person. I want to be a person who helps people and I'm going to work on that.
0: Let me take a moment to reintroduce you. I am with... The awesome heather blackwell she is a cbt certified mental health coach she all is also the host of thousand first dates podcast and she has a website which we will leave a link in the description below thousand first dates not to be confused with 50 first dates without right. her future <laughs> husband right. and uh, yes. fiance. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be back with more quince questions right after this
3: what does it mean to be woken free It means to be woke, educated, and enlightened, and you are unapologetically free to share your opinion while hearing out others, whether they agree with you or not. What does Woke and Free mean to you? It means digging down to what's really going on. Not accepting information just because you are told it is the truth. It is waking up to the idea that there is a story behind the story. It is freeing yourself from the chains of control. How does one become Woke and Free? Make the decision. Commit to a Woken Free lifestyle and never look back. Subscribe to the educational and entertaining phenomenon of a podcast at WokenFree.com, W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com, and you will tune in every week for Woken Free Wednesday for an unforgettable show you can't get enough of. Woken Free is more than a podcast. It is a way of life. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day and brand consistency builds confidence at 1030 Designs we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance we're here to help and we're ready to get busy for you visit us at 1030designs.com today that's 1030designs
0: Hello, everyone. This is Quincy With I'm here with my awesome guest host of the Thousand First Dates podcast show, Heather Blackwell. She's also a CBT certified mental health coach. How are you doing there,
1: Heather? I'm doing good. I'm glad. I'm glad to be back.
0: First of all, this is a joy to talk to you. you, you uh, before we went to break, we talked about how you curse in the podcast, and I yes. said, "Oh, it's because you're you're a marine, and that's fine." Um, my father was uh, in the navy for like 27 years, and his cursing was like music to my ears. I don't, oh good, I don't <laughs> even, I, I I can't even curse the way my it was it was. It was, and I would love to see him get upset because once he started cursing, oh yeah, it, it would be. <laughs> it was like it was like poetry. It was like he knew what to call what when yes. to throw the F in, when yes. to take the... When to
1: take we can get creative. Yeah. If it's an art form.
0: It's an underrated American art form. You know, we look yes. at the UK because they have Shakespeare, but yes. we've got foul language over here in the States and we're really oh, yes. good at
1: it. And, I mean, and you can always tell when someone's getting passionate about what they're saying, that's when they start to cuss. That's when I start to cuss, when I get passionate about what I'm saying.
0: My thing, I don't like when people don't know how to tie curse words together. Right. For me, it's just like, oh, it just it 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 sounds contrived. It sounds it sounds like someone who can't sing doing the Star Spangled Banner. You're like, you should not be singing this. This is for Whitney Houston. You should be singing a lullaby or something.
1: (laughs) You know what? I tried. I tried for one of my first podcasts. I tried to script. Uh, some a, a few cuss words and it sounded so ridiculous. I deleted it and now I just if it's if it comes out it comes out because uh, I was trying to be funny, but I I, can't, I cannot be natural. I cannot be if I, I I enjoy a person's sense of humor. I don't necessarily have a sense of humor, so you know the, yeah it just has to come out. Whatever comes out of my mouth is absolutely natural because I, I can't script really anything.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. Who influenced you into the world of mental health awareness? Because Uh, it is, it is, it is a, it's almost like a subculture, but it's a healthy and good subculture. It's not like other subcultures where it's like, oh, we all have holes in our arms and you know, whatever we're doing to ourselves is painful. This, this is a very, uh, good and health. It's even better than I would say the physical, um, workout health environment, because there's still a lot of, you know, strange competition between people. Who you know? I did 600 sit-ups. So I oh I I bench. I did some deadlifting of 300 pounds. Where, where in the, in the world of uh, mental health awareness, it's it's you know people are are very very good and very kind-hearted and very sensitive and I, I love dealing with those people.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, and to answer your question, I have to give <clears throat> number one creds to the master of the universe for making me an INFJ because INFJs gravitate towards mental health counseling. And uh, then I have to give credit to my abusive father because if he had not beaten the shit out of me so frequently throughout my life in college. Caused- Sorry
0: to laugh. It was caught me off guard. That was beautiful. That was poetry. I'm
1: just saying. Yeah. Then I would not have had severe mental health issues that needed, that needed uh, healing. And then I have to thank uh, the, the, the peers of my, of my elementary, middle school, and high school. Uh, environment who also bullied me because that created a lot of trauma that i had to work out so thank you for that and uh, then the, going into the military in 1997 uh, the marine corps did not value women at that time so mm. i was sexually harassed and i actually had my uh, staff sergeant mckee was his name and uh, he said women need to stay home and have babies the way they're supposed to so mm. it was just constant the, the early part of my existence was not pleasant and uh, then I had, of course, then I married my father and because, and sure enough, yes, we do that. when we're young, if we get mm-hmm. married young, we end up marrying our mother. We end up marrying our father.
0: True. True.
1: And <clears throat> so I ended up marrying an ISTJ and I thought, well, I'm marrying. Uh, ISTJ. So, give us yep, that. I, yeah. ISTJ. Uh, introverted, sensor, thinking, judging. So basically the opposite of my personality and my father is uh, they're very uh, traditional. They're very uh, structured. They're. Uh, they're, uh, emo- usually emotionally cut off uh, mm. that, uh, and that's it. That's in a healthy situation. Mm. And if you, if you take someone, basically if you take someone who has been abused and then based on their personality type, then that, that their abusive tendencies will manifest based on their personality. So for my father, an abusive ISTJ, he had very, uh, anti-social personality disorder type behaviors. And yes, absolutely. He had narcissistic tendencies and very controlling. It was more of an invulnerable narcissist is what my father was. So I married my ex-husband thinking, well, he's not an alcoholic and he's not physically abusive. So this is a good situation. But what I married was the behavior that I was used to. Mm. And yeah, my, my father's, yeah, whatever you grow up in, that's what you gravitate towards subconsciously because that's what you know. So I had a bad marriage, and uh, you know, and that's just in and, and you know, I want to say, I want to be balanced in saying that my ex-husband, you know, he is—he he tries to be the best person that he can, you know, based based on how he was raised, based on what he knows. Um, the thing is about ISTJs is they're very rigid in learning, and so they're not gonna—they're not gonna th- what they learned if, if they're going, what they learned during their childhood is what they will continue to believe and know throughout their adulthood. There's not a lot of whole. You know, holistic and continual learning for ISTJ personality types. That's what I mean. So, but uh, so it was just a bad. It was a bad match. But if I had not, you know, and he ended up cheating on me as as a result, and and it was Mm. it was just a bad match. So, um, and so if I had not divorced him because the cheating was the last straw for me, so if I had not divorced him, then I would not have gotten connected to a church that basically belittled me for uh, getting divorced and saying. Yeah, seeing that was my fault. Literally, it was, a, it was a Bob Jones legalistic church. And the pastor, the my Sunday school teacher had said, it's your fault that your husband is not a Christian. And the pastor told me, you know what? It's your fault. You chose to get divorced. You're never allowed to be in another relationship ever again. Mm. I don't, he's, he literally said to me, quote, I don't care how many times that your husband gets remarried. I don't care how many times he cheats on you. You chose him. That's your bed. You lay in it. And I said, and I said, fuck, I'm going to kill myself. So, so, um, but yeah, so, but, but I survived and, uh, it was, I I ended up staying a week in a mental, uh, a a mental hospital. And there I saw a, it probably was a psychiatrist. And uh, from there, you know, I, of course he diagnosed me with clinical depression and then I tried to go to alone on my own for a few more months. And then in 2006, you know, I had a, a friend that said, you're never going to be able to have a healthy relationship if you don't know who you are and stop wallowing in your self-pity. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I was like, you know what? I need, to, I need to go to a mental health counselor. And so then I, then I, for real, real, went to a mental health counselor because my, my family and my ex-husband they decried the mental health community. My my ex-husband when when I wanted to go to a mental health counselor, he would say you know psychologists and psych- psychiatrists are quacks and people who mm. go to mental mental health counselors are stupid. And mm. and when when I got on an antidepressant, he was like, you know, well, you know, you can't have an orgasm now and that makes me feel like less of a man and it was just a lot of pressure and then my parents would always use if you know, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to send you to a, a mental health, uh, a mental health clinic and charter hospital is what it was called. So so I finally that's why it took me so long to go to a mental health counselor because I had so many people for so long saying, no, you know, you need to be quiet and, and, and using it against me. And finally, I said, I need to go to a mental a mental health counselor. And that began my self-help journey.
0: You know, it reminds me of how in this culture in this American culture is a very misogynistic culture. I mean, under the layer of racism and drugs, there is strong misogyny against women. Yeah, women slaves, uh, black men were given the right to vote long before women. Women were not given even considering the, the idea of voting, and it's it's very sad that we still have a culture where people. And this is a culture that's been passed down from from parent to child to grandchild. Yeah, where we just blame the woman. You, you're not yeah. successful. You didn't have. You didn't get that opportunity to job. It's your wife. Um, I wrestle with that. I wrestle with that, and I have to catch myself. Uh, you know, um, if I can't find the remote, it's my wife's fault. You know, uh, th- th- this burned on the stove. It's my wife's fault. And. it's it's something you know as a man you have to be conscious of because i'm in a culture full of misogyny constantly and i have to be aware of that and it's and as i listen to you that's what i'm hearing i'm hearing that this is a culture that's that's just you know hey Heather's your fault this didn't go well it's your fault i i fail heather is your fault i can't i'm incapable heather is your fault i'm impotent heather is your fault these aren't none of this is your fault
1: that's a good point. I never. I, you just pointed out something I've never realized before.
0: This, this is a consequence of a a cultural uh, belief, and it's archaic. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 blasphemy. It's 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 just uh, it's 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 outdated. You know it, you know thing. You still hear even in in in, in uh, amongst black ministers, you you hear people say the uh, the the strength of a race is is held by its women, and it's like you shouldn't put all that pressure on young women. Number one. Number yeah. two, the men need to stop sleeping around and doing whatever they need to do.
1: Yeah, you know, you know so
0: there, there, there is. I hear that blame on you throughout your life, and 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 you know, a lot of times it's not that we are depressed or sad because we're chemically imbalanced. It, a lot of times, everybody around us is just an a hole, and they're in. This yes, really, it, it, it's like Christmas. You know, some people deal with depression about Christmas, and I have to tell people what is Christmas basically then the belief that a guy in a red suit, a fat dude <laughs> is traveling around and giving gifts, there's no nobody no you know uh okay there, there's the bible story but you don't hear nothing about trees and garland and christmas. You know this is this yeah. is this is just a a cultural belief and 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 people who can think and are conscious like yourself they're oppressed by this this it, it's like being around a bunch of cavemen who believe that the fire and, 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 you know, the first invention of the fire is God. And it's like, no, the fire is not God. And and, and everyone in the tribe is going to say that you're wrong. And then we're going to ostracize you because you want to accept the fact that we believe this fire is God. And yeah. anything we throw into this fire, it it's, it's goes to heaven. And it's like, no, that's that's not. And that's what I'm hearing from you. And, and
1: people and, and people, it doesn't matter where you're from or what your culture is or what your, you know, what your EEOC category is, people are prejudiced based on their lack of knowledge and their fear. Mm. So they're 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 afraid first and then and because they're afraid, they won't learn. And so then they just use their imagination to create whatever barriers they can to put people in boxes and because it makes them feel safer and it's ridiculous.
0: That is absolutely true.
1: But I love the men. If you noticed, I've been promoting men on social media, um, like Paul Simmerd and, uh, oh my gosh, Kevin Walston from Sacred Sons. Uh, so I've been promoting the, the men that I see that are promoting, Odai, oh, uh, Manuel, mm-hmm. they're promoting vulnerability for men and the right kind of vulnerability to say that your vulnerability, your ability to open up emotionally. You know, to accept per, accept personal responsibility, to embrace your your mistakes, and to know that it's okay is actually going to make you a stronger man.
0: Right. And and I love it. That, that's that's what we need. We need healthy, healthy, uh, mentally healthy men out front. Yes. And 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 sadly, we 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 don't have that, and we need to learn how to identify a mentally healthy man because one of the yes. biggest mistakes is thinking. Oh, this guy wears a suit oh this guy smells good he has a nice car he should be mentally healthy then you find out the guy is drugging women and and raping them and you're like whoa what in the world mr right so
1: right right oh my gosh yeah that's sad
0: you have to be very conscious of you just can't assume the guy you know looks a certain way he has a certain education he knows better because he also is in this very misogynistic culture where we constantly are blaming women for all of our in, 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 inadequacies and our insecurities and our on our problems and fears,
1: and oftentimes narcissists are the best dressed and the best behaved in public because mm. they like they like impressing people. You know, so it makes them feel superior. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm you know what I'm wary of someone who flashes his money and flashes his smile, and you should be wary of, of women who do the same thing. It's there's a personality disorder called histrionic personality disorders where women, you know, they need a lot of attention. And so they dress promiscuously and they're always, they're sexually seductive. And, you know, as you see a lot of uh, on, 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 social media, women who are constantly flashing, you know, their, their sexuality in whatever way they're doing it. And it's just like, you know, like image after image after image of them and their face and their boobs and their mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. that is his, that I guarantee you, they suffer from histrionic personality disorder, which is just another type of, uh, narcissism, which is just another type of codependent, codependency, mm. you know, so, or mental or mental, mental health, m- mental health issues. So whatever you want to label it is people who are severely insecure and they need to project superiority in whatever way they can. And usually it's using, it's using their money or using their sexuality, or using their their physical appearance, because that's the first thing you see.
0: Yes, let me take a moment to reintroduce you. I am with the amazing Heather Blackwell. She is the host of the great show on uh, available on podcasts, all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, wherever. Called Thousand First Dates. Make sure you check her out. We'll be back with more Quince questions right after this.
3: Hey, y'all. My name is Ernest Owens. I'm an award-winning journalist and CEO of Ernest Media Empire LLC. I just launched a great new podcast called Earnestly Speaking, where we talk about friends, foes, and anything that goes. I love talking about the news, politics, social issues, pop culture, entertainment, everything that you probably don't want other people to know you're thinking about. So if you really want to hear a black criminal's perspective on the world, this is the podcast for you. And if it's not, it's still the podcast for you. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day, and brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help. And we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs.com.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Quincy Starr I'm back with the amazing Heather Blackwell. She is the host and amazing. Counselor, I, I would say counselor, that's fair, of Thousand First Dates. Make sure you guys check her out. She's available on Spotify, Instagram, and all streaming platforms. Heather, welcome back.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Quincy.
0: Let's talk about mental health awareness over the pandemic. This was a doozy, okay?
1: <laughs> yes. Was, this, oh, yes.
0: This was when you uh, have a grease fire, And then, you know, someone in the house comes up with a really great idea. I know what, we'll throw gasoline on (laughs) it.
1: Oh, yeah. I I tell you what, you know what, you know, I did, I recently posted something on Instagram about how people don't make you, I I don't know exactly what the quote was, people don't make you behave, situations don't make you behave, but those people in those situations bring out who you truly are. Let me tell you, when it first went down, you know, I was, I was uh, observant and I could feel you know, the current and I was, you know, investigating everything. And then there came a time when I was just angry at the at the way people were responding and I got pretty negative. And then I had to say, Heather, whoa, this is not who you are. Right. I mean well well this is this is the dark side of you. This is not the this is not who you want to be. Mm-hmm. This is part of who you are. This is not who you want to be. So I had to get back on track. Yes. Yeah.
0: Now what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know before this pandemic?
1: Well i tell you what instead of what did i learn in terms of others or myself i can tell you that this whole situation this last year has been a reinforcement of an observation that i had ma- known and made before and it's that humans don't like change mm. and humans are slow to change mm. however most humans will eventually change and most humans can learn and they can be educated and they can be empowered to help themselves as a result of that knowledge. And as a result of the experience of the change, it just takes time. You have to be patient with people. You know, people are, you know, they're fielding a lot of propaganda, a lot of information. Like you said, it's just they're being bombarded and it takes time to digest and to, to dissect and, and, and you know, decipher what is real and what is not, so mm-hmm. that you can make the best informed decision. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it was it was a very difficult uh, time to process every everything because I would say on the left and the right, we were yes. people were bombarded with lies, nonsense. Yes. you know, being being overcritical. You know, there were there were people in in, in local pol- politics in, in in my city who they might have made a slight mistake and uh, their opponents took the chance to really, oh, look, he dropped his pen. And you're like, oh, that's not really newsworthy, <laughs> dog. That's like right. we're in the middle of a pandemic. So that's what? Right. He mispronounced words. You know, uh, none of these guys who were electing are really intelligent. If they were, they'd have well, PhDs. Yeah, they're they'd all, have PhDs behind their names. We're not, that's no one's right. electing someone with a PhD. We're electing who we like. It's a, it's a popular contest
1: well politicians are voice boxes and that's that's what they are you know they they're told what to say just you know and then they say it Mm. and it's it's unfortunate but that's just the way it is
0: now what did you learn about the mental health awareness culture or situation in america that you didn't know before this pandemic i will tell you i didn't know i i I remember talking to people as things were getting bad and the shutdown happened uh, march 13th of 2020 last year I remember talking to people, hey, you know, and I don't want to say this guy's name, but I work with him and I, I really had a serious talk with him about going and getting uh, some some therapy. And yeah. he, he just, you know, in his mind, he didn't want to spend the money. And that's he would, a big one. He would rather spend it on alcohol. Yeah. And loose women. And I, yeah. I I said, well, you know, if, if you, I don't know what I don't know what it's like to drink alcohol or, or, or to have an addiction that. That, that consumes you in that way. So you know, right. if, if you did the money, uh, two bottles of liquor maybe sixty dollars, and then like uh, the time you may spend with a woman that is loose, who you have to feed, and you know you may cater. So that might be, you might be spending three hundred dollars that weekend. You know, maybe yeah. you know take you know you know look or shop around. You know, everybody's yeah, got around. a sale. You know, and you know maybe put one hundred fifty dollars a week aside and talk to someone you know
1: that's right yeah and 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 shop around for the right mental health counselor too you know just because you go to the first mental health counselor you know don't think that that's uh that that has to be the only solution maybe that personality doesn't work out for you Mm -hmm. you know maybe you know maybe maybe there just isn't a a good connection and shop around and find the right counselor for you too and don't be afraid to do that
0: so I tell him this, and he's just like, he just he just he, he was just like too tight in his pockets to to even consider that. And yeah. I was just like, man, that that is that is awful. but he that's how
1: most people are, though, And that's the thing that I've ran into is realizing that people work hard. To make money, to pay their bills, and whatever they have left over, they want to use for entertainment, for pleasure, yes. not 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 yes. to dig into their not to dig into the dark parts of their mind, yes. which yes. will which will eventually give you long term pleasure, but they don't know that.
0: Yes, yes, they would. Ra- people would rather, uh, and and you know, I, I'm guilty. I've been guilty of, of myself. Uh, I would have arguments with my wife, and instead of you know rationally talking it out, I would just go to the movies for like three hours. Now, no, the easy. movies isn't the same as a bar and in and, and a lot of money, but it's still, you know, I'm using entertainment to, you know, deal with mask some issue.
1: But you know what? I'll say this. I'll say this, that, you know what? Maybe you needed to decompress. Maybe you needed to process the information and going to the movie gave you the opportunity to subconsciously process kind of like going to sleep and waking up. And then you can, when you're done, you're relaxed and you're more a- a- amiable to having that conversation. Yeah. Where, whereas, if you had just kept pushing, pushing, pushing forward, when you know when you needed time to decompress and think about things,
0: you're absolutely right. Because I would, I would see something in a movie, even if it was an action movie. If you if I, if I went off to see Fast and the Furious, you know, a thousand <laughs> Fast and the Furious, yeah, a thousand, yeah, <laughs> I would see some <laughs> some sort of emotional connection in the movie. And I would yeah. see Dom and I would see his wife and I'd be like, you know what? I need to go home. Oh, and I need to talk to him. That's awesome. Wife. And 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 I would go home and I would apologize. And, you know, I realized that, you know, I'm not always right. As a matter of fact, you're you're right most of the time, you know, and I'm only right when it comes to like, you know, things that I'm really familiar with dealing with. And so I'm going to trust you on this and we'll go this direction. So we're going to start looking at houses or, you know, whatever it is that she's like really interested in, in in, pushing and you know, and, and I'm like, okay, we'll start looking at houses or we'll start looking at a new car, those sort of things. And, and well
1: Quincy, if I could find a man that had that kind of mentality, your mentality, then I might actually consider getting into a relationship.
0: Adam Sandler, I'm sure, has that mentality. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna set that up. <laughs> no, let's,
1: let's set that up. <laughs> we're gonna, find gonna, out. We're gonna I'll so, let you know. <laughs> even if he doesn't,
0: at least you leave with half of the money. <laughs>
1: Poor, poor Adam. Adam, poor Adam. we're kidding. Sorry, we're kidding. <laughs>
0: we're kidding now. I would, never, I
1: would never do that to you.
0: We're kidding now. We'll kidding. laugh yeah. later. <laughs> we'll laugh with the money and and champagne. <laughs>
1: yeah. See, see, that's, oh my gosh, that's where my empathy kicks in because I feel really bad for, for even joking about that.
0: <laughs> I have a friend who is basically a narcissist. I, I, yeah, she's a friend. And uh, I, I did a lot. I did a lot of photography work for her, and she was hunting for married millionaires. That—that's all she wanted.
1: I have known those women. And oh my god! I never met anyone oh. like
0: her, and I was so fascinated. Now, now she was a cautionary tale to me as well. Yeah. Because I'm married, but I'm not a millionaire. Yeah. But I might be on my way. So awesome. it was like, yeah, this is a cautionary tale. Yes, and you can learn a lot just by listening to this woman. So I kept working with her and everything until uh, she decided to, you know, work with people who were, I would say, more in the level of toxicity that I, I couldn't, even, I can't even step my foot in. But, um, oh, but wow. yeah, she, uh, she she started her only fans page, and I, you know, I'm too married for that. So yeah, <laughs> and I
1: love, but I love, I love, like you said, I love listening to those people though because they're so interesting.
0: Yeah, and, and they're really cautionary tales. You're like. You know, no one's born like this. Or maybe they are. I don't know. But, you know, there's a series of decisions that make someone a murderer. And there's a series of decisions that make someone a narcissist. Just like there's a series of decisions that makes someone an adulterer. You know, most people, and now there are exceptions to the rule. There are people who get married and they cheat on their wedding night. And I've seen those people on television. Whoa. But (laughs) most people, it's a gradual... Uh, inappropriate relationship, there's a gradual cutoff of communication. That's in the right. Marriage. Gradual. And it, it's very, you know, a, a bad marriage is very much like a horror movie. There's no communication. People decide to split up in times where you shouldn't. Right. And everyone is in denial about what they saw and they don't and, and, and they're in denial about what's going on. Right. And in the marriage is, is like that. You know, first of all, you don't split up in a, in a, in, a, in a tough situation, you That's certainly right. got to keep communication going. And if you see a ghost that has like the body of uh, say your ex or something, you know, make communicate that. Let me know you just saw a ghost because that makes me realize okay something's wrong with this house, and yeah. or, or or something's wrong. Where our communications in a bad prop in a bad place. And so I say all that to say I saw a lot of that during the pandemic. I saw a lot of friends and coworkers who were going through very tough marital issues and it was like one one associate of mine his girlfriend he left here in jersey and just went to florida and and you know he he's so he's so far gone of a narcissist that he doesn't even realize that he's doing the wrong thing and and he's hurting the relationship and he's not making it better but i'm he's so far gone i can't have that conversation with him but this is all something that's evolved over the, the course of the pandemic. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of that too.
1: Oh yes. Yes. It's been tough for a lot of people just trying to hang on and and you know, wondering if things were gonna change. But then a lot of people have adapted to where they were comfortable with the way things were. I mean, there were positives and negatives. You know, people told me that they feel more comfortable wearing masks now and that they don't actually want to take it off because they're, you know, it makes them feel safe and there's a sense of anonymity mm. in wearing the mask. And and honestly, I love, I have loved using Instacart. I've saved a lot of hours having people shop my groceries for me. So- <laughs> Amen. Okay. So yeah,
0: how can... People who are, who've gone through some really tough times in a pandemic, how can they, re- the pandemic, how can they reach you uh, for some sort of virtual therapy? How can they, is, is that possible? Or do you have someone you can, you know, recommend?
1: That's a good question. So right now I am not doing one-on-one counseling and it's for the reason that you, that you stated is number one, um, I will not. The whole thing, the whole reason I didn't get my licensure to and, and finish I did not finish my practicum was uh, for my second master's was because you, it's all about getting licensed to process government government insurance or health insurance that the government will will accept. And, uh, or those, or those bureaucratic health insurance companies will accept mm-hmm. and they misdiagnose people. They misdiagnose people in order to get paid. These, these, these mental health counselors who are licensed, not all of them, but me- many of them, I have many situations and especially in Virginia, in the, the places that I was working, people were getting misdiagnosed. So I'm just telling you from personal experience. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. And so, so that's how mental health counselors get paid is by processing insurance people want, you know, people who go to mental health counseling want to be able to use their insurance because they don't want to pay out of pocket. Well, I don't want to have to worry about people getting misdiagnosed because uh, you know, now if I had my own if I had went all the way through and had my own private practice, you know, after a while I guess I would have some autonomy there, but for the first few years, you know, you're working under somebody else. And, uh, you know, it's like you have to go play by their rules and, and, you know, it's like in order to get, well, actually, no, even if I, even if I were to get licensure in order to get paid, you have to diagnose somebody with um, clinical depression, generalized anxiety disorder, bipolar disorder, ADHD, and that can ruin your life. I knew an army guy who almost got kicked out of the army after his father died and he found out his wife was cheating on him in Mm. the same, same two week period. And he was going through the phases of mourning, and he got diagnosed with clinical depression and a generalized anxiety disorder. They put him on an antidepressant, or the the licensed um, professional counselor put him on the antidepressant. And then the Army was going to kick him out for having those diagnoses. and, And he was like, so I disavowed them all. I disavowed the diagnoses. I threw the antidepressants in the garbage can, and I was able to stay in the Army. So... You know, I, so I did not want to be in that situation where in order for me to get paid, I have to give someone that type of diagnosis because it's based on the DSM-5. And the DSM-5 is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the fifth version. And uh, the, I know I, I haven't really looked a lot into the fifth version, but the fourth version, there were axes. And the first axes was, like I said, about... Clinical depression and ADHD and bipolar disorder And the second axis is a personality disorder. And if you ever want to get a government job, if you ever ever want to join the military, you know, then the then those organizations can look up your your file, your you know your health records and see that oh this person's mentally ill. We're not going to help that person. And maybe they weren't mentally ill. Most most cases, you know, the, these these diagnoses are saying that you are broken, that you cannot be fixed, that you basically you were born this way and that's it. And, you know, so you're, you're mentally ill, you know, that stigma of you're mentally ill and you're crazy essentially is what they're saying.
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't want, I didn't want to be caught up in that. So I was like, well, then, and then the only other option that I have is to have people pay out of pocket and, and you know what? And I was doing as low as, uh, first it was $50 a session Then it was $25 a session. I couldn't even get people to pay $25 a session wow. in which it was, yeah. So I was like, you know what, I, I'm just going to um, move into corporate use my psychology in a corporate environment. And then now I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've started my website. I'm creating a program that people can buy that will be affordable because, you know, I mean, I've spent, I mean, well, I, I have, <laughs> I have college loans, but I mean, oh, like around hundred K, mm. um, or, and, 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 and up for, to learn everything that I learned to, to heal myself and to help others. But you know, you shouldn't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to become mentally healthy and uh, so i want to take everything that i learned in school and create an affordable program you know maybe like i don't know like 40 bucks something that people you know they'll they'll have to read it and they will have to practice you know and they'll have to you know and maybe i'll do coaching videos and then maybe i'll do one-on-one coaching people really 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 want it after that But, but just for now people you know until people really understand what mental health counseling is until they can really appreciate the benefits of mental health counseling you know i'm, I'm i have not seen people who really want to stick in there and do the work so uh, so i figure i'll do the the coaching program and then if they like that then we'll talk about one-on-one coaching
0: yeah yeah let me take a moment to reintroduce you i am with the phenomenal heather blackwell she is the host of the thousand first dates show make sure you guys check that out it's available on spotify itunes uh, google and on anchor make sure you go to anchor.fm that's where the party is we'll be back with more quince questions right after this
3: welcome to headshots by peggy presents it's a weekly podcast designed to encourage inspire and educate people in the industry. Our wonderful host Peggy is the most industry savvy headshot photographer I know. She shares insights and interviews top industry professionals, gotta love that. New episodes every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day and brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance we're here to help and we're ready to get busy for you visit us at 1030designs.com today that's 1030designs.com
0: Hello, everyone. This is Quincy Stallworth. I'm here with the amazing Heather Blackwell. She is a CBT certified mental health coach and an amazing host of a podcast titled Thousand First Dates, sure you, you guys check that out. It's available on Apple, Spotify and Google. Google's a great podcast. Star. It's also on Amazon. I don't know if you know you're on Amazon. Do you know that Heather? No,
1: yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, you're cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny because uh, Anchor doesn't tell you, but you're on there because uh, Amazon's trying to, you know, Amazon's trying to do everything all at once. They're oh to,
1: yes, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. They 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 have infiltrated the intelligence community. They're providing the cloud storage for, oh so so, so many uh, agencies in the intelligence community. They're wow. everywhere. Wow. Yeah.
0: I know that they just uh, starting June fourteenth. They are partnering or partnering up with Tile. And they're the, uh, the thing, the little uh, devices with wallets and the keys. Oh,
2: <gasps> okay. And
0: so any anywhere yeah. you have a tile in America starting June 14th, you'll be able to find it easier because they want to link up with Amazon and anyone who has a uh, a ring, a Ring, a, ring door, a doorbell ring set up from Amazon. Right. And Alexa in the house, it will alert even to the point where, and this is my suspicion and belief, that if you have a tile and you report it lost, the ring will certainly take a photo. Whoever has it walks by. So, oh wow! Yeah, you know I I love I love uh, I love surveillance technology. Me too. I, a lot of my uh, military associates. I was never in the military. They hate it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, because they know they know. Uh, well, they probably know yeah. how they're they're scrutinized.
0: <laughs> they know how they've used it. In, yeah, in, that's right. In war situations. So I think they have this fear, like, someone's going to do to me what we needed to do over there. But it's like, no, it's it's, it, it's just, it's convenient. And you know what? It, a lot of times it helps solve a lot of crime. You know, there yeah, are things that right. happen and, and, and police can have, have no other way of figuring out other than these uh, Amazon ring bells. We, that's how we catch all these porch pirates. You know, people Thank running goodness. stealing your brand new camera, you. camera. Your brand new iPhone off your front porch—it's a, it's a nightmare. So
1: I talked my neighbor into getting one. It was the first thing I said when I when I met him. I was like, "You don't have a ring on your door?" Yeah, and yeah. he got one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what's the most fulfilling part about what you do? Because you do a lot.
1: Well, helping people—I mean, that's my. My primary, well, I, okay, so let me tell you about my core value. It's integrity. My number one core value is integrity. Mm-hmm. Everything that I that I do must be done with integrity. It's just, it's who I am. It's uh, And it must be done to the good of everyone involved in the situation. So, you know, sometimes I say things that others think are harsh. However, uh, I say things because I care and I say things that sometimes there are hard truths that are hard to heal and uh, but but it always comes from a place of care and a and a, and a place of love with me so um i, I just i want to i want to help people i want to help people with their overcome their mental health hurdles and when someone says and i've had i've had all kinds of people uh, you know, direct message me and and for example say, hey Heather, you've really helped me. I have hope. I have self confidence now uh, about my life choices because what you've what you've said, you've given me the courage. And I actually had a young man. Uh, one, just I mean, I, I've had I've I've helped a lot of people, but these are the ones that really stick out for me. And this young man said, you know, I was being abused by my stepfather. And he said, this is what he said. He said, I, you, you gave me the courage to confront my stepfather and I was able to leave that toxic situation, not in a whisper, but with self-confidence and with, with self-respect. And that was huge for me, this young person saying this. And, mm. and I've had women from the Middle East Contact me and say I want to be free like you. I want healthy relationships like what you talk about, Mm -hmm. and you've shown me that this is possible. So people from all over the world, you know, thank goodness for the 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 beauty of social media. You know, we're able we have this connectivity that never before we have this global community, and we're able to help people like never before. And it's just really cool to. To, I mean, it's it's to know that I'm not alone. You're not alone. We're in it together. No, no matter how many hundreds of miles apart we are, and we can still support each other. So I just want to support people and and whatever their goals are, and give them the courage to overcome fear, to go pursue their dreams and, and and their goals, and and to be free.
0: You know, one of my biggest struggles struggles in my family and in my social circles is convincing people to. S- to seek out mental health. And, 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 and you know, I, I, I don't really know a good sales pitch other than, you know, and I wanna get better than saying you need help. Uh, I, you know, I say things like, you know, you really ought to consider therapy. And and, and, and it, it, all, it often comes at a time where I see the height of their uh, anxiety, the height of their depression. I'm sorry, the depths of their depression, the height of their anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it is at those moments. I say, hey, you know, listen, man. I know you're going through a lot. Um, I, I see the stuff you post on Facebook. You know, it's really disturbing. You know, it, you know, at those moments, they're kind of like, hey, you know, that was jokes, man. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but you know, you know, killing the president, you know, that's something you really shouldn't be posting on social
1: media. That's right. That's right. You know,
0: um, I said I wasn't comfortable with it during the Obama years, and I, and I ain't comfortable with it during. I wasn't comfortable with it in the Trump years, and I'm not. A, I'm not comfortable with it in the Biden years. You should not be posting. Just ever. Yeah, you should never. Po- you're in a. You're an American. You know. That's, that's right. You You, you got to be careful. You just can't. You know, threaten to kill political. You know, people in p- positions of power. That's inappropriate.
1: well we went to war to to defeat terrorists yes who were doing just that so what what would why would anyone think that we as individuals could make those types of statements without uh, punitive measures right
0: right and you know i i don't really know how to i don't have a sales pitch for them i don't really know how to support mental health awareness within my own social circles and i was wondering could you give me some tips on things that i could say Uh, Perhaps just send them links to websites uh, instead of saying things, you know, because eventually they'll look at it.
1: Yes. Well, um, that's tough because, you know, I I do have people that I post like uh, when I post memes on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I will post a list of resources of people that I have gotten to know personally and I know their mission, and, uh, and so I feel confident in their ability to provide guidance. And you know, if, uh, if a person is feeling homicidal or suicidal, then you know, they most certainly do not need to act upon it. And I'll, I'll tell you what a mental health counselor told me once. They said, you know, you can think anything you want as long as you don't do it. Mm. So, so, you know, sometimes people get angry and they have thoughts. And you know they they want to vent, and uh, just know that you can think whatever you want, just don't do it. However, do guard your thoughts, and and I will be posting podcasts on how to process your thoughts in a healthy way because every you know we, we're all going to get angry. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we get angry, we say things that we don't mean mm-hmm. um, and, 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 you know, right. And, and, and sometimes we, but the thing is, is that some people don't know how to process them to find closure. And so they'll have like this loop where they think the same thing all the time or a lot or frequently. And, and the thing is, is that when you have angry thoughts, you know, you, what, what's happening is people are not finding solutions. They're angry and they have identified a problem, but they don't have the power to create the solution. And in that case, that's where acceptance comes in. You know, for me personally, this, this is, uh, you asked about the pandemic, how, and how I coped with the pandemic is how I cope with life. I seek to affect change in a positive way in my community, whether that is in the place that I work, whether that is in my friend group, my family group, or even my social media group, with the people who who connect with me in that way. However, I cannot readily affect change on a political level or on a socio-political level. So, in that case, you know, I need to have faith in in in, his, in, 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 in humanity and and look back at history and understand that. Well, you know, this is my reality. And, you know, I'm going to have to know that I don't have control over this situation. So I just need to let it go and, and learn how to focus on the things that I can control. And, you know, and, 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 and looking back at history, there were some atrocities that happened in history. And that's scary to think that they might happen again. However, you can't allow yourself to dwell on the things that might happen. We can only focus on the here and now. And what's happening right now and how we are going to cope with it personally. And, you know, there are thousands of people who are protesting peacefully and they're signing petitions and doctors around the globe are getting together and they've formed coalitions, you know, to, to combat uh, you know, what's happening as much as they can. And you just have to trust that humanity will rally when it needs to and that that uh Nature and the universe has a way of creating balance, right. and and that's 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 just the truth throughout history. And the truth of life is that balance will be created. So right. have faith in that.
0: Right. What is next for the great Heather Blackwell?
1: Well, I have been working on a self help book. Ooh. Yep. So, uh, and it's a a lot of me starting my podcast was so that I could prepare for that book. And talk about the things that were still sort of difficult for me to talk about, but they're getting easier to talk about, you know, and, and if I can joke about something, then I can write about it. So mm. working on the book, I, I have my website up, I'm, I'm working with WordPress, so I really need to, to make time to go ahead and get everything set in my, on my WordPress, you know, like get everything connected. And then once I get the book, then I'm going to work on the coaching program. And that is essentially everything that I learned in my two master's degrees that helped me heal. Uh, to help me become a, a logical, rational thinking, emotionally intelligent human being. That's what I want to give to other people who are interested and to do it at a low cost. So so that's that's my next step, to, uh, to finish the book, publish the book, and then uh, finish the uh, self-help counseling program and, and then to publish that. And then I figure I'll do like uh, maybe a subscription plan where people can can uh, look at videos, coaching videos to give them, you know, more detail. And then if they want to do the one-on-one coaching, then of course, then I'll offer that. So that's, that's my, my long-term goal.
0: Heather, I want to thank you for coming on. You guys can find thousand first dates right now on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on Google. It's also on Amazon. Make sure you guys check that out. Most importantly, go to anchor.fm because they have the greatest podcasters ever. Uh, Heather Blackwell is also a CBT certified mental health coach. Go to her website. I will leave a link in the description down below. Follow her on Twitter. I don't know if you tweet as much as I do, but I do tweet a lot. Do you tweet Heather?
1: I do have a Twitter 1000 FD is my handle. And uh, I, I need to get better at it. Maybe you could teach me about that. Oh,
0: you know what? I just followed you. All you have to do, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the whole secret to Twitter. You, you have to follow you. certain um, people who ask questions about you and yourself. And then that causes you to, you know, really come out of your your Twitter shell. Everyone's in a Twitter shell. You got to, you gotta follow like certain podcast uh uh accounts. I'll send them to you. Oh, no, thank you. And and, and, and and you'll you'll say, Oh, okay, okay. And it pulls you out the shell. It's like, hey, have you pod- what's your latest episode? And you feel obligated to post it. And then they'll say, Uh, what what do you what are you doing today on your podcast? And and that sort of thing. So uh, cool. I definitely send that to you. I can't you. wait to get to my test. I'm gonna do this at the party today. Yes, Just so, so excited. <laughs> something to do. So Thank you so much, Heather. I'm so
1: glad
0: that we met. Think, me too. So uh, make sure you guys uh, check out our website. And we'll be we'll be back with our artist of the day. So our artist of the day is an artist that I found through Epidemic Sounds named Rue Rosa. I cannot find anything on this lady. Uh, her music sounds beautiful. I thought it's just her latest single, Best Kept Secrets, would be best for our Heather Blackwell interview because she deals with a lot of mental health issues that are brought on from things that a person deals with or inwardly and this song is definitely that so uh this for those of you who have joined just listen i want you to know that i cannot find anything on this artist our music's phenomenal you're starting to hear it in the background right now this is rue rosa with best kept secrets <laughs> No blackwell for coming on she is a spectacular woman make sure you guys follow her links will be in the description down below if you are struggling with mental health go to betterhealth.com they can hook you up with a really great medical professional get the help you need so just do that Stay tuned for episode 165 with the awesome R&B artist named Nico Bryant. Who has this great moniker? Who is Nico Bryant? And you guys will learn in episode 165. We listen to his latest music. He's got a newer album. He put out two albums in a year. This guy just—he doesn't quit, and he can sing his butt off, man. He does some great songs. So, stay tuned for that episode. Uh, I'm gonna try to get that out today because I. Been swamped. So just stay tuned. More to come. The amazing Nico Bryant. Quince Questions has been a production of anchor.fm and good people over at Spotify. The music you all heard in the background is from Epidemic Sounds. The artist of the day was Rue Rosa. Make sure you guys look her up. Her music's available on Spotify and on iTunes. We also want to thank the talented staff at 1030designs.com for crafting our logos and promotional materials. Quincy Questions executive producer is Jacqueline Stalworth. Our technical director is John Stevens out of Fall PA. PA. Our engineer today is Katie Riley out of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Our interviews are written and produced by Tara Goldstein out of Southwest Philadelphia. My name is Quincy Stalworth. Thank you for listening and have a great day.